stand as I read the word of God. If you're able to stand, if you're not able to stand, we understand. But if you can, this is what it says, how it reads in the English Standard Version, the ESV. There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt. And those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is father of a son, but he has nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again, naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. This also is a grievous evil, just as he came, so shall he go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Moreover, all his days he eats in darkness and much vexation and sickness and anger. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God, for he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Would you please repeat this title? Do not hold on too tightly. Enjoy life. Point number one, the matter of holding and losing. The matter of holding and losing. There can be a fine line, a fine line, with how one holds on to their riches and how one lets them go in order to be enjoyed. We have seen Koheleth. Koheleth talks about the person that is the preacher, the teacher. You don't oftentimes hear that word, Koheleth, but deals with the preacher. We have seen him say before that there is a grievous evil that he has seen under the sun. Now we need to understand that a grievous evil, as he mentioned, should not be understood in each case to be something that deals with moral corruption. He's not speaking always of something that deals with the moral corruption when he says a grievous evil. When we think of the word evil, we oftentimes think of something that's sinister, something that's really bad. But what he is basically expressing, as one commentator notes, is that it is something that is painful to look at, something painful to observe. So when Solomon uses that word, a grievous evil, he is talking about something that is most difficult and painful to observe in many cases. Again, we should be reminded that when Solomon says that he has seen something, it is often his way of saying that this matter is something that he has studied. From the very beginning in chapter 1, verse 3, Solomon sought and went out to try to find out really what is the meaning of life. Do you not know that we often go on a quest for the meaning of life? 
we look, we search, we seek to find out what's that which is most important. And oftentimes we have a midlife crisis. Some people plan for a midlife crisis. I'm going to have my midlife crisis 40 or so. But you don't have to have a midlife crisis. It's not something you have to have. But, but it does oftentimes involve a reflection and a looking at what am I doing? It's good to take evaluation at times to see what am I doing? What is life all about? And Solomon went on this journey. He studied the smartest man who ever lived was puzzled could not answer some of those deep questions. You had to know that he thought about it. There are some people who squander their riches, and there are some who hold on so tightly that they can't enjoy it. Some who throw away their money, and some who says, I'll give nothing away. Solomon notes that this is something painful that he's observed, that the person's riches were kept very carefully but they were lost in a bad venture. Please note that if you have money in the stock market, it does not mean that if you invest in a stock that rather than goes up, it goes down, that the money is lost. It's lost to you, but it's not lost to the person who has it. It just means that it's been a transfer of hands. It went from somebody else's hands to another person's. You lost it. They gained it. Solomon says he noted that there was a person that held on to things so tightly. Not that it, was, that it was wrong he squandered. He held on and held on. But then when he invested, he invested in a bad, in a bad venture. I've been amazed as I sometimes watch the program called Greed. Greed, American Greed. Well, it's greed all over the place. American, European, wherever it is, is Greed. But American greed, and I and I have, I, I've watched at times this 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 show, this description of how people have thought they were investing in something positive, only to come to find out that they invested in a bad venture and lost everything. People gave their complete retirement. People, all the things that they worked for, they. They put in a little and said, oh, this looks good, only to think, only to come to realize that it was a bad venture. I've been amazed that many of the people were very wise, had earned a lot of money, had saved a lot, but they were swindled. They were very careful initially of how they went about. They did their checking and the things seemed to check out. So they put in a little and then only behold, they got a little back that this looks good. And then they put in more only to find out that in many cases it was a Ponzi scheme. There's nothing wrong with careful planning. But one needs to understand that Solomon talks about what he saw, what he observed. And, of course, Solomon could know because he was the wealthiest man as well on the earth. And it was something that was, he said, grievous. It was a grievous evil. It was painful to see. Verses 15 and 16. 
it is an interesting fact that right in this verse, it seems to almost shift and go in a different way. Let me go back and read verse 13 and 14 again. It says this, before I go on to 15 and 16. It says, there's a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his herd. And those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is father of a son. Now, that's an interesting statement there. But he has nothing in his hand. What happened? The father lost the venture, and the son that was born, that was there was nothing for the son. You see, there are sometimes a person who will strive to make a living and will strive to save and to, to give his children something, and yet the description here that he lost it because of the venture. And so here he is with the son that's born, and it almost seems like, wow, this is an interesting statement where it's put right here. Not necessarily out of place, but it just kind of seems different. But what is Solomon saying? Solomon is making the point that even though one loses something and loses his wealth in a bad venture, he, 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 he notes that it's like a child who comes into this world with nothing. And then at the end of his days, there's not going to be anything that he's going to be able to take. Do you not know you're not taking your money with you? Did, did you re- do you recognize that? It's not going with you. Do not care for your family or fight over your money. No, sir. <laughs> you, you're, whatever you've got, somebody's going to be fighting over what you have. That's what my father-in-law told me. He's spending all his money. <laughs> Don't have to worry about people fighting over it. He's going to spend it. <laughs> the child that is born must realize that one day his life is going to come to an end. So just as a person comes into the world with nothing, they will leave empty. And he compares it to the person who loses everything in a bad venture. Solomon, as he notes the perplexities of life, as he notes the things that takes place, he, he, he makes some observations along the way, if you have noticed, that we'll see in verses 18 through 20, that still gives a glimmer, and not only a glimmer, but it gives hope for those who would basically lose hope because of all that they see. You see, it makes no difference how many billions and millions of dollars you might have, how many hundreds of thousands and hundreds you might have, and how many... How much coin some of you have. Makes no difference of how much you all have. You're going to leave here with nothing. Person who has it all will still leave in the same way. And so it's a great observation that Solomon notes. His, his, his quest in seeking out the meaning of life is painting some very important, uh, giving some very important information that people need to grasp, even though it may be very, very difficult. One needs to know and understand that God gave everything in this world that we have. 
you see, in this world where we live, you didn't bring anything in. It was God that put it into this world and gave you the freedom and the privilege to use it and enjoy it. Some of you think, I know you do, that you came here as a curse. You came here only to live life in misery. You're not to have any fun. God does not want me to have fun, does not want me to have a good time. God doesn't love it. I know why is my God blesses you to enjoy this beautiful earth that he's given. He didn't create you just to mope and to go down a, down a road where there doesn't seem to be any hope. You're going down this path of gloom. God gave you a world and says, enjoy it. Why? Because you can't take it with you. Enjoy it now. But understand this, that what he has given is to be enjoyed on this side of eternity, while at the same time storing up riches towards him in heaven, those things that will last forever so that we understand that what we do, what we have, if we honor and glorify God, it will pay dividends. The matter of holding and losing. Sometimes we can hold on so tight that we lose what we have. And then we can sometimes squander what we have by not using it wisely. There's been some things that I've done. I wish I could have that back. Oh, let me get that back. I remember the time when I, well, just not too long ago, but it's been a while now, that I, that I just figured I could just charge it. Charge, charge it. Won't this yes? Huh, take it. Your signature, not a problem. Then the bill started coming. What in the world is this? How did it get so high? I don't remember this bill being, I just remember getting this. And all of a sudden, the next bill came, and I thought I made a payment, and the, and the, and the amount that I owe has now gone up. Interest, brother, small interest. I made a payment. You only made the minimum payment. That was eaten up by interest. Then on top of that, you got a late payment. $25, $30 on top of the interest. Lord, have mercy. I don't like paying interest nor late fees. Charge it now. You will pay later. Tell them to come and take this car. They'll take it and close it and still charge you. You have a bill that needs to be paid. I learned, I learned, I learned. I said, oh, Lord, please help me to not do this again. Help me to get out of debt. Help me, Lord, to pay these bills. Help me, and I promise, Lord, I'll do better. Well, lo and behold, some other things came up, and I got in trouble once again. Not my fault, y'all. It was a credit card's fault. They gave it to me. They were sending it to me. We want you to have our credit card. Oh, yes, give it, send it on to me. Then I got a little smart. Began to pay off some of the debt. And then they started sending me cards that says, oh, 
we'll give you this card interest free and then you will have also you can have a transfer free you can transfer your 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 card your debt your what do you call it balance transfer cash transfer what is it called balance transfer for 12 months oh i got i got smart i said i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take this money that's free and pay off that debt and pay i got 12 months from here take the next one they started sending me cards i know they didn't like me after a while because i started using their money they got this card Paid off that one, paid off that one before the interest kicked in, paid off another one. I was, and then they were giving me bonus points. You get this much, we'll send you. Now on credit cards, you used to get cash back. Now they want to send you some gift. They don't want to send you cash no more. They want to send you a gift. So I learned the game. I learned the game, how to play the game. I said, Lord, help me to get out of debt. So I got out of debt. Now the thing is, how do we stay out of debt? How do we build an account and a savings and work to say, okay, Lord, this is what I make. This is what I, I get. How can I take a portion of that and put it over here? I tell you, get a budget. I told you all this last week. Why is that important? Because it will help you in times of trouble. Down the road, things you don't see coming, you got to plan for. Some people look at their check, oh, I got a bonus, oh, oh, and go spend everything they've got. The little bonus y'all got recently in your tag and your job, put that money aside. If you are living on $35 less a week, live on that same amount and put that 35 or whatever it might be in an account for a rainy day. If you can't get out of debt. Why is it important? Because... It frees you to be able to worship God. What do I mean? Here you are trying to worship the Lord, and here you are, got all this debt over you. Oh, Lord, that bill. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus, in church. And trying to worship in your mind is just wondering. I tell you, when I got free of debt, it just freed my spirit. Oh, it felt so good. There's a freedom I didn't even know. There's a bondage. It's, when you think of sin, you don't even realize sometimes the weight that you're under, even debt will do that. So my thing is this. If you're in debt, work to get out of debt. That's all. Just set up a plan and say, this is what I'm going to do. And if it's going to take me five years, set a five-year plan. But work on it. Why is that important? Because it will free you to be able to do what God wants you to do. He might tell you, go bless that person over there. Help that person over there. He might just do that. But if you're right now so tied because you can't do anything, it keeps you from being able to live free. You see, let me say this before I go on. And that is this. When God blesses you with something, he wants you to enjoy it. You don't have to feel guilty with what God blesses you with. Today, people feel guilty when God blesses them. They've been praying for a job, got the job. The Lord blessed you with that job. Give him glory and honor. Worship him, Lord, thank you. Work is a good thing, and Solomon makes that point very clearly, even in this passage when he talks about toil. Enjoy the toil. Point number two, do not give up, but enjoy life. Don't give up. I'm going to skip verse 17. Go right to 18. Behold. What I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink 
and find enjoyment in all the toil, that's work, with which some toil under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot, everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the will of God, for he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his, in his heart. As I mentioned, for many, work is seen as a curse, but work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. Work is a blessing. Work is a blessing. In the very beginning, God gave work to Adam and to Eve. We see in, in Ecclesiastes, we see on Solomon at times where this, where this hope is bursting forth as he deals with and looks at the things that he has seen. If you'll notice from chapter 1 where we are right now into chapter 5, you will notice as he talks about those things that are vain. But then you'll see a glimmer of hope bursting through the scenes that what one has, one should enjoy them. I tell you this. Those in the media, in the news media, have not read Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. They haven't read it. They haven't, they haven't read that. No. They, they haven't read it. I'm fascinated with the media and how they have turned riches and wealth into the Antichrist. The Antichrist. The wealth and those that are the Antichrist. Those that live on the other side over their head. They've got this. No, no, no. Solomon right here in chapter 5, verses 18 through 20 says, If God has blessed you, you are to enjoy. Why? Because the person understands here, he is saying, that it is God who gives the ability to understand and to be able to appreciate and to enjoy what he has given. So in the media, one has to remember this and understand. When God blesses you with something, it's not somebody else's responsibility to tell you what you need to do with what God has blessed you with. Now, now I want to be, be careful through here. It doesn't mean that you can't glean and get help from people. That's not what I'm saying. When a person condemns you simply because of what you have, and this is God's earth, and he put it here, and they have it, and you may not, it is not the news' responsibility or some group of people to tell you that you can't enjoy and that you need to go give it away. Here you are, spend all your days working, trying to make a business and trying to help do that which is right and build up whatever it is that you're doing, your business. And somehow somebody comes along and says, no, 10%, the 1% needs to give it away. Who told them that that's what needed to happen? That's media. They didn't read Ecclesiastes chapter 5. He says, enjoy it. If God gives you power, enjoy. If God gives you riches and wealth, enjoy it. Why is that important? Because he is saying it's only God that gives you the ability to enjoy it. When you, be, when you look earlier in these passages, you need to understand that it is a person often who has not given their life to the Lord and they're not trusting God for what they have in their enjoyment. But if you understand that God gave it to you, and the Lord gives the privilege to enjoy it. He says, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Don't feel guilty about what God has blessed you with. Enjoy it. You got to be all braggadocious about it. There's many hundreds of words, braggadocious. 
You, you just, just enjoy what God has given. How could Solomon say it? Because he was the wealthiest man there was. And there's that glimmer of hope that he says that one needs to eat, to drink, and to enjoy. Because why? With this comes the ability to be able to rest. You see, there are some people who have all the money in the world, but they can't sleep. They can't rest. Car, a car goes by. They wake up. What's, what's that? What's that? Somebody trying to break in. Not going to do who? Who's trying to get in here? Where's my gun? They can't relax. Why? Because they have so much they haven't learned to trust the Lord. How can I be stingy with God? Who not only blesses me on this side of eternity, but then he told me, want you to go ahead and to store up treasures for yourself in heaven. Where he says, moth and rust don't eat, can't corrupt, won't be able to take away. And, and, and I'm going to preserve that. Because anything that God, that's in the presence of God, who's going to take it from him? And then he's going to bless you on top of it. This is what you have sent up. And this is what you can enjoy throughout eternity. How in the world are we going to be stingy with what God has given us? You brought nothing into this world. Enjoy it. From God's hand, be generous with God and say, Lord, I can't beat you giving. I can't beat you in what you've done. You told me to enjoy. I'm enjoying life. Why? Because it comes from God. God gives the ability to enjoy. You're going to enjoy my company. Come on over here. Oh, Lord, we got to go over to that person's house today. No, no, no. It's the ability to be able to enjoy what God gives. Remember this. You can't take it with you. Enjoy it now. You didn't bring it here. It's not going in a U-Haul when you leave here. Enjoy it. Be wise with it now. Don't be tricked by people telling you that you need to give them what you have. I said you stand, you can't share. Don't be, don't be. If you know you, that God is blessing you, you can enjoy. Don't, don't be tricked into getting on the bandwagon of people who saying they need to give this. No, I said this before, years before. And I'm back studying in that office when I kicked my dad out. I didn't kick him out. He said, Dad, I said, Dad, can I use the office? He said, Yeah, go ahead, use the office. He let me use that office. I remember as a kid, I used to come down to this church, sometimes be scared as I heard things squeaking in this church. You'd be here at nighttime, you're hearing all kinds of stuff. Squeaks, so you open the door and you look at it, hello. Close the door. Hello, hello. Too scared to walk through, going out looking around the door outside and Go back and don't let the lights go out then at night at nighttime you head down to church, hurrying up trying to get out of here. But many times I sat back there studying and trying to get my little education. Education, I'll say it correctly. <laughs> and I recognized and realized that it was only what God was doing. I don't have to feel guilty. 
because I was able to go back there and study them. Well, well, you, well, I didn't get that. I didn't have that opportunity. Well, I bless the Lord that I did. Now take what you have and enjoy what God's given you. God has given you an experience. Enjoy your life. Enjoy what God does for you. Don't try to live someone else's experience. This is what Solomon is saying. God has blessed you. And not only that, now he gives you the ability to enjoy it. That's a gift from God as well. Be careful of being feeling, of being made to feel guilty. Because we live in a world today that will condemn you for what you have. That's what our media does today. But they don't read Ecclesiastes. That says it's good to be able to eat, to drink, and to enjoy what God has given. So don't hold on too tightly, but just enjoy what the Lord gives. As I bring this to a conclusion for today, he goes on to say, For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. You won't have to worry about people saying things. You ain't got time to pay attention. Why? Because you you are enjoying the bounty of the earth, what God has blessed you with. You ain't got to worry about the stuff that people might be saying and all the things that may be coming up. Why? Because God has put joy in your heart to enjoy what he's given. Oh, you can enjoy it. He put it here. One restriction he gave to Adam and Eve, don't eat from that tree. That was it. Now today people are trying to tell you everything you can't have. God says that's not him. He says right here, enjoy. Eat, drink, and be merry. When I leave here today, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to eat some food, some pork chops. Eat some beans that freedom made. I made the, ch- the chops. So Lyle's going to be bringing a little bit of chicken, I think. Gina's going to make something. I don't know, he got some rolls. We're going to have a feast. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm looking, I, can already, I can already taste it right now. That's what Solomon said. I'm going to take his word to light. I'm going to eat. Then the drink is going to be water and some Kool-Aid or something like that. Got quiet on that one. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. Have some fun. Have a good time. Enjoy, people. Enjoy. God has blessed you here on this earth. Do it in such a way that brings honor and glory to God. My goodness. I'm learning more and more to enjoy. What God has given and what God is doing. Learning to enjoy what the Lord provides. Don't feel guilty if God gives you the privilege to enjoy it. Next time the media tell you somebody deserves what you have, you tell them to go look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Somebody tell you that they deserve what you have, you bring them to church and say, come on to church with me and look at Ecclesiastes 5. 18 through 20. In fact, you can go back to 13. Somebody tells you that, that, that God is not a good God. You go back and tell them that God is a great God. He made this earth and the fullness thereof and told you to enjoy it, to have a good time in what he's provided for you. Don't let any media, don't let anyone tell you you can enjoy God's bounty. He's blessed you. Please stand to your feet. God bless you.
Next time you feel guilty about something you know God has provided, remember this message. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You can enjoy what God provides. Because remember, it's God that also gives the privilege for you to enjoy. Not only what he provides, but even the joy that comes with it. So enjoy in the right way what God provides. Today, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful world that you made. We can enjoy the labor, our toil, giving us the privilege to be able to work, earn a living. In fact, that our work is a blessing because it allows us to be able to to get things and to enjoy your bounty. Oh, may we always keep in perspective that it comes from the almighty God. And for those that belong to you, those that have said yes to the Lord, we recognize that it's our Father's world and we're just being able to tap into what you have given. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. Help us to enjoy life. Help us to not hold on too tightly that we lose what we have in a bad venture. May we not, Lord, be such people that we refuse to extend our hand to you, our hands in recognition that our blessings come from you. And that we are to help bless people, to be able to encourage people, to be led by the Spirit of the Almighty God. We love you today. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you this day. God bless you. God bless you.